Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Unbox Your Gift podcast. I'm your host, Rita Joyan. And today I've got a guest who, when I read about her, I got so excited for this one specific reason. There's many reasons, but this one specific really piqued my interest. You know how many people, when they finish school, they go for a gap year. You know, that's when it's expected. You know, maybe in your 20s, but that's about it. Like, that's as much as you're allowed to society kind of rules in terms of conditions is to have a gap year either when you finish school or in your 20s. Now, you're pushing it at 30 if you want to do it in your 30s, but my guest today did it in her 40s. And I find that so breathtaking because she gave herself permission to take a step away from the rat race, the world in which we know it, the world in which she knew it, and just to digest which her next best step was going to be. So please, now there's more to it than that, but please make welcome for our podcast today, Diane Squires. Diane, welcome to Unbox Your Gift. Thanks, Rita. How are you? I am, like I said, I was really excited to interview you. Now, tell me something. How does someone, now I've said the cultural way is usually in your 20s or when you finish school, what made you want to go on a gap year? Yeah, okay. So um, I had worked for, you know, 20 years um, uh, full time. I never took time off to have kids. I don't have any have any kids. So that kind of makes taking a gap year a little bit easier, I think. Um, you know, we'd gone through, had work, I'd had a lot of different jobs. I loved my job, I should should say. I worked in, I was a journalist and then I was a corporate communications director and so did a lot of media relations, that kind of thing. And I loved it. It was a great job, but it was a very full-on, busy role, you know, as a lot of roles are, I guess. And we went through a lot of restructures in the organisation that I was working for. And then we kind of went through another one. And I, I think I, I was just tired. I, I, I guess looking back, I was probably facing burnout. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of thought, you know, there's got to be more to life than this, than feeling like this. I don't want, you know, this is the only life that I've got and I've, I'm responsible for whether I wake up happy in the morning or not, whether I wake up and think, I don't want to be going into work today or I'm really excited to be doing what I'm doing today. So um, I, I was fortunate. I managed to negotiate a, a, um, a payout and thought instead of just getting into another job at the same level, same stress level, um, you know, continuing on that same career trajectory, I'm going to take stock of where I'm at. And see if this is still the right career for me, if if I'm still on the right rung on the ladder, still if I'm on the right ladder, still if, um, see if I'm still, if this is what I want for my life and what I want my life to look like. And so I decided, okay, I'll take 12 months and just see where that leads me, see what happens in 12 months time. Um, I'll say that was in 2015, at the end of 2015. 15, I took my gap year, I still haven't gone back to the corporate world. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's kind of an extended gap year or just metamorphosing into a new life, I guess, for me. And so what did you discover about yourself in that gap year? So in my gap year, um, I kind of realised that, you know, I spent a lot of time, I procrastinated a lot, I did a lot of um, different things. I volunteered with my sister in Uganda Um we, I started a new, managed to find a new uh, role hosting tours, which, which I guess is something that, you know, I was very passionate about travel. It was something that I really loved. 
Um, and so suddenly I got to kind of live that, live that dream. Um, and I guess for me, what I learned about myself was a, a couple of things. I learned that I, um, you know, I'd been in this job and I'd loved this job and it had been the right job for me, but perhaps it wasn't any longer the job that I wanted. I'd always known that I wanted to travel more and that I wanted to write. They were the two things for me that I kind of always knew I was going to do. And when I took my gap year, I realised a few things. I realised that I was in this job that I really enjoyed, but it wasn't my passion. It wasn't what I really wanted to be to be doing. And I'd always kind of said, one day I'm going to write more. One day I'm going to do this. Ten years ago... Um, 17 years ago now in fact hubby and I went overseas to um to Tanzania and we were sitting on a plane and we thought you know we we really want to make travel more a way of life for us and kind of work out how how could we make that a part of our lives and so there were all these things that I'd wanted to do but I'd let work get in the way of those dreams I'd just moved up the career ladder. I'd just taken the next job. I'd been focused on what was my title, what was my next job, what's going to look good on my CV and what's going to bring in more money for me. Mm. And so around that time, a few things happened. I realised that actually I didn't need to spend so much money to be happy. And so then suddenly I didn't need to earn so much money to be happy. I became confident in who I was, so I didn't need the title on my CV or on my LinkedIn profile. I didn't need to be the corporate affairs director. You know, initially when you take a gap year and people, everyone asks, what do you do? And when you're on a gap year, you don't, there's not, you don't have anything that you can do that you say that you do. You don't do anything really. Mm-hmm. Um, so suddenly you have to really think about what is your identity? Who are you? And your identity becomes so much broader because suddenly it's not, my response is not, I'm a corporate affairs director or I'm a media manager or I'm a public relations director. It's more holistic about who you are and the things that you do and what you enjoy. And I found I also stopped focusing on other people's careers and have really tried to think about what what do you enjoy in life? What, what do you do outside of the workplace, not just what is what is your job I kind of felt during that year I realized that our workplace really defines us that Mm -hmm. our role is our role in life is our role in work and that shouldn't be the way that it is there should be more to it than that I also felt when I took my gap year I became a lot more confident in my skills and abilities I kind of worked out you know which is kind of strange because I was on a gap year not really doing much but um, I worked out that I was better than some people at my job, I wasn't as good as others at my job and that that was all okay. It didn't, it didn't matter to me any anymore. I, it be, and I guess because I wasn't in the workplace, I wasn't, uh, you know, facing the kind of the competition that you can sometimes, not always, but sometimes get in the, work, in the workplace. Stepping out of it kind of let me have more of a helicopter view of it and I was able to see it quite differently to when I was engrossed in it day by day trying to make decisions trying to do things trying to impress my bosses trying to be good to my staff um you you just see things differently when you take take a gap year so that's interesting so in that time off when people did say what do you do and you weren't working what was your answer to that Uh, i told people i was taking a taking a gap year um 
And as I said, I did, I picked up the gig to a hosting. So I kind of, you know, I tried on a few different, different hats and tried, it depended who my audience was, you know, I mean, remember I come from a PR background. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, I would kind of go softly, softly and explain to people, I'm, you know, I'm taking a gap here, I'm taking a year out and these are the reasons why, and this is, this is what I'm doing. And, you know, um, and then when I started hosting tours and I had that that I could talk about but um, still not not trying not to just focus on that because you know I was doing more than hosting tours and um, and so I still kind of you know it's still always an interesting question to me what do you do because I do wear different hats so I write and I um, you know we manage a travel blog and I host two overseas tours and there's all these different things that I do so I just kind of try and keep that as a sh as short as I can while explaining that you know there are yeah. different things that yeah. I I do yeah so, so that's okay interesting so that you come from a corporate background you went on a gap year. you discovered that all you've ever wanted to do was to write and to travel in that time frame of being in the gap year, you went uh, to Uganda you did a few things you picked up a gig at the travel a tour guide which you used so to not, I'm not so I want to be clear I'm not a tour guide mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. I'm a tour host <laughs> and what's the difference so what's the difference okay. So uh, a tour guide is an expert on the country, right. is an expert on where you are. I'm not an expert on any country, okay? okay? I go all over the world. So I work for a company called Two's a Crowd. We, mm -hmm. um, uh, I contract to them. They do um, tours for solo travellers, okay? And so all of their travellers are, they may not be single, they may be married, but they're all on this tour on their own, right? So they, we have a host. So my role is as a host to be there to make sure people are having a good time, if they want to go out for dinner, have they've got someone to talk to at breakfast, just to make sure the tour runs smoothly, mm. all of that that kind of thing. So, you know, I'm kind of like the <laughs> social organiser for the tours. <laughs> That's really nice. So now when doing that, are you, do you feel like you're in your own element when you're being a tour host? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, it was I had this really funny moment I guess when I was sitting on the plane on my way to Canada starting this job so this was in May on my gap year um, I'm I'm sitting on the plane on my own about to travel to Canada which is a country I've never been to and I'm about to start working a job I've never done for a company I've never worked for before in a country that I've never been to um, doing something completely foreign to me you know I've never worked in the travel industry prior to that so my skill set was that I'd worked in PR I understood people I worked in journalism I knew knew, knew how to deal with difficult people uh, and I traveled a lot and I wrote about travel and you know uh, hubby and I um, we so when we go away we take our laptops we I sit down and write he's a photographer he takes photos we blog about it we put it on social media so you know we're quite serious about our travel and encouraging other people to travel. So that was kind of my background to going and doing this job. And so I'm sitting on the plane and I realise it suddenly dawns on me all of this, that this is completely foreign to me. And I just kind of went, yep, okay, fantastic. I'll just get there and I'll just wing it. It will be, it will be fine. And uh, so I get to Canada. I'm in stunning place, you know, mm -hmm. and suddenly my office becomes Lake Louise, 
the Rocky Mountaineer, oh, wow. you know, a cruise through Alaska. Wow. And, and even aside from the kind of the travel and being there, I get to connect with all these people on their tours and talk to them about their passion for travel and talk about tra different travel stories and things like that. So all of this kind of comes together. I get to learn about, learn about them and that's kind of really interesting to me, that whole kind of learning about other people and where they've come from and how they've got to where, that, where they are. So you kind of get to bring all of that together when you're, when you're hosting as well. Do you miss communications or journalism? Uh, well, I'm not completely out of it. So I now do some PR and social media work for Two's a Crowd as well. Sure. Uh, and I also do, because I have the uh, travel blog, um, I do kind of some social media and PR work around around that, just kind of get growing an audience for that, boosting an audience for that. I still get to do a lot of writing. And I guess for me, that was the other side of it, that in the job I'd kind of I'd got so I'd gone into journalism because I loved writing mm. and then I you know kind of moved across into communications in a role that I still got to uh, hear stories still got to write about those stories still got to pitch those stories and then as I moved up suddenly I didn't really get to write anymore mm. it all became about um, managing staff and you know what what they were doing and 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 I still really enjoyed it I still loved that kind of helping an organization work out what its key messages are and how to frame an argument or how to frame a story or how to tell its stories and get its stories out but I wasn't getting to do any of the writing anymore which is what I really loved mm. so now um now I get to do that I still sometimes do look at you know I'll see an organization and I'll see um either a PR crisis or I'll see a really great kind of um, communications outreach program that I'm kind of can see. And I think, gee, you know, that's really great. That's really interesting. But for the most part, no, I don't, I don't, I don't do it all. <laughs> I love that. And I love that. So I know before the interview you were telling me that, you know, being a tour host is not, you're still evolving in your passion. You're still trying. So tell me more about that. Yeah. So I guess for me, I'm still, um, you know, tour hosting is not is not uh, nine to five, Monday to Friday, uh, how forty eight weeks of the year. So it's very much a a part time role, and I do kind of, um, you know, it it ebbs and flows. Um, so for me, I'm still very much, I feel like I'm still on this path of what is my future going to look like? And, it, and I guess a lot of people would find that, um, scary, particularly for a woman in her forties. Mm. I find it quite exciting that what does the future have to have to hold? Because, um, you know, there's, since giving up work, opportunities have have come forth because I'm open to them and because I'm not, my mind is not so caught up on, on work. I'm, um, it's not filled with work. I'm able to be more creative, which means I can kind of think more about the things that I want to do and what I want to embrace. So at the moment I'm, um, I'm writing, a, writing a book, which is something I've always wanted to do. And, um, you know, who knows where that will kind of, kind of end up. Um, travel blogging continues. Our so you know, there's a whole 
there's a whole lot of things that I want to do. And in taking the gap year, what I kind of, what it really reinforced for me was only I can do this. Only I can um, live the way I want to live and live. Only I can determine what I want my life to look like and why can't I live it in that, in that way. Obviously we all have responsibilities and I'm not naive to think, you know, I'm I'm not a, um, I don't have rich parents. I don't have a rich benefactor or anything like that. Yeah, that's important. Um, But, uh, you know, we have always saved our money. We've always been smart. So suddenly when you're responsible with money, opportunities open up it means that you can um uh embrace things more fully i I guess and as i said i learned that i don't need to spend so much money and when you realize that and you can live with less money less stuff then there are a lot more opportunities that you can grab hold of because you um you you don't need the security of the full-time income or you don't need to um, be earning this huge paycheck that was previously earning. But also I think, Diane, that you stopped yourself from comparisonitis early on when you said that I wasn't looking at anyone else's career, I was just trying to focus on like, what am I good at? Yeah. That's that right. was the starting point of when you stop comparing, then you stop comparing with other things as well. That's right. And I, and I think that, you know, that... That's true. When I stopped, when I stopped comparing myself in the workplace, I stopped comparing myself. I don't need a new kitchen. I don't need the latest car. I don't need the latest phone. I don't need the latest computer. I, I, um, I, you know, I have um, what I need, and and obviously I'm going to have to replace stuff at some point. But I can factor that in. I don't need to replace it because marketing tells me I need to replace it. Oh, I love that. Society has told me that I need the latest iPhone or I need the latest Mac or I need this or, or whatever. I can replace it when I think I need to replace it. And I think for me, um, you know, that, that gap here, I becoming more confident in who I was and just being sure of who I was and what I wanted and being content. And that's how I became. I became very content with, with life and... Uh, I feel now, um, because I'm not stressed about the workplace and stressed all the time about how I, um, you know, work work is not constantly on my mind. I feel like I'm a much nicer person. I'm a much more engaged person. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a much more relaxed person. I feel like I'm much better with my family and friends. I must be a much better person to be around wow. with, with my family and friends because, you know, I you, I would have times where I would be at my sibling's birthday and I was on the phone the whole time sorting out some media crisis or I'd be at someone's house and at 10 o'clock at night I'd be getting, you know, calls about media issues and things like that. And part of me loved that idea of feeling needed and the cutthroat of all of that. But it's also a lot of stress, right? Yeah. So suddenly you remove all that and I, and I do feel like I'm a much much more relaxed, much nicer, much more pleasant person to be around. I don't know if they would say the same. But <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe not. But that's how I feel. <laughs> that's, but that's very beautiful because that's the part of finding your gift, finding your passion is finding that flow. It's really about that flow. And one thing I love that you wrote um, uh, in your article for the Huffington Post is you said that what I discovered taking a gap year in my 40s is it wasn't because of maternity leave or carer's leave 
or anything that would necessitate the reason as to why I should take one. You took one because you just wanted to, right? My question to you is, and I love that you said that, my question to you is would you recommend people in their 40s, 30s, 40s, 50s, to 60s to take a gap year? Absolutely. And I know that not everyone can take a year out of the workplace, but I absolutely recommend taking what time you can mm. to just stop and think about where you're, where you're at in life. And is this the path that I still want to be taking? Am I still living the best life I can? And sometimes that might just be about, um, you know, taking, taking a break between leaving one job and going to the next job. Most times when people do that, you know, they're in a job, they get a new job, they take a couple of weeks off, they get rid of the old information from their brain, but they start thinking about the new job. They don't give their, their, their body, their mind, themselves any time to kind of stop and think about just themselves for a while and where, where am I at in, in my life. And so I think if, and there are so many studies out there, you can read so much literature on people who have taken time out from their careers, from their busy lives, and it's made them more creative, it's made them a lot calmer, it's, it's, um, it has helped them refocus. And you may find taking that time out that, you know what, I'm absolutely on the right ladder, I'm on the right career path, this is where I want to be, but I just needed some time to reassess, to reassess that. Or it may help you to realise that, yes, I'm on the right career path and I'm on the right, you know, right, the right ladder and all of these things, but I actually need to take some time for myself even while I'm at work. Mm. One of the things I, I found was taking time off. You know, there were all these things I wanted to do, like write a book and travel more and things like that. And I've always travelled. I've never stopped doing that. But, <laughs> you know, I kept saying, one day I'm going to write a book. One day I'm going to write a book. One day I'm going to write a book. And I realised I couldn't work out why, why people um, had time and how they could do it when they were working. And then I realised when I stopped working, for me, it wasn't about the time. I had the time. You know, there were nights when I'd sit and watch TV. Mm. It was about the mental energy that my work was, that my job was taking up. So I had all this mental energy that was going into my career and my job and not into the thing that I really wanted to do and things that I wanted to do for me. And so, you know, sometimes when you take time out and just give yourself that perspective and that time, you just change your viewpoint for a little while, it actually helps you realise what you, what you, the things you used to love that you've stopped connecting with, the things you used to enjoy doing that you no longer allow yourself to do because you think they're wasting time or because you think you know, well, I'm a responsible adult now, so this is what I should be doing. But really, well, I'm a responsible adult, but this is my one life, so I'm going to enjoy it as much as I can and do what I really want to be doing. It's interesting that you say that because I know as females, we always get hung up with there's got to be a reason as to why I'm doing this. Um, and I know that when I've, because well, in the past three years, when I've been on speaking tours in the Middle East and South Asia, there have been a lot of times where people need to feel that by having a title, by having a certain level of income, by having studied, it gives you a certain level of, I don't know, security, status, uh, perception amongst other people. And they suddenly went to, when you let go of those things, you have to adopt another identity. And it's kind of freakish because you've been so conditioned to adopt this identity of school, of a degree, of a title, and then to drop it. 
did you ever, as a, I know females have a harder time. Did you ever have to feel like maybe you're being, and I want to know how you overcame this. Maybe you're being selfish. Maybe you didn't feel you were worth it. Or maybe who am I to do something like, did you ever have any of those kinds of feelings? Um, I, when I first took the gap year, I felt like I really needed to. I felt like, um, like I needed that time out and, uh, and you know, it was, I guess building up to that, it was difficult. I just had assumed I would go into another job and, and, and look for another job and go straight back into another job. And then finally, when it kind of all happened, I just, I realized I, I couldn't go back into another job. It wasn't fair to me and it wasn't fair to the, to the workplace. And I guess I was really fortunate that I had supportive friends, family and a really supportive husband who said, who said yes. But there was definitely in that first 12 months and probably still even now, I should be earning money. I should be earning more money than what I'm, than what I'm earning. I should be, um, uh, you know, what am I going to do? Am I going to go back to work? There were times when I did look at job ads and think, oh, you know, should I, should I get a job? I could do that job. Maybe I, maybe I should go back to work. But then, gee, you know, what about my dreams and what I want to achieve? And um, yes, I would be bringing in more money, but, you know, then I'm just going to get back on the same yeah. treadmill, back on that same path and um, and never know whether or not I could do something else. Never know whether I could make it as a as a as a writer. You know, who knows? And that's still that's still a question. But you know, who but who knows? You if you don't give yourself that chance, mm. it's never going to happen. You never get you're never going to get there. And um, and so I did have all through the, that first year. I had these moments of you know I need to be earning more more money. For me, um, was it about the title? Because I think. I think, and I, and I guess that was the thing in that year was really trying to let go of my ego because that's a really big thing in why we kind of feel like whether you're male or female, yes. you know, if I step off this treadmill, suddenly I, I'm a, you know, associate director, I'm a director, I'm a manager. And then suddenly I'm nothing. I'm, I don't have that, that title. Yes. And and so you kind of feel like, so, you know, I had to, that year I really had to work through that and kind of constantly think, is this my ego talking or is this actually what I want? Um, do I just want it so that my LinkedIn profile yes. <laughs> looks, you know, looks yeah. good? Because at the moment it looks a bit odd. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Or... Or is, is this something that I really want to do now? Is this my next my next step? Um, so there's you know there's the dual things of the money and the ego and the title that you really have to get get over. And I think for a lot of people, those things are, are, are you know people don't want to step out of the workforce. They're worried that they'll never get back into it. Yeah. And initially, you know, I kind of did wonder about that and sometimes I still do sometimes I still think oh you know gee, if I wanted to go back <laughs> into communications what would I do now what you know how would I get back into it after you've been out of it for so long kind of thing but I throughout throughout my gap year and since then I've kind of continued learning things that I'm really interested in so things like um 
SEO and social media, obviously, because I do the work with Choose a Crowd, but so social media and um, audience segmentation, things like this, things that I kind of find quite interesting. And what I find myself doing is looking at um, reading articles, not because I have to, not because it's about work, but it's just, oh, I'm, I'm really interested in that, so I'm going to learn about that. And one of my key values, I know you've spoken about values before in your podcast, one of my values is um, learning, is continuing to learn. And so I find that I continue to do that. So now I do a lot of reading about things. And so I kind of feel like I'm still <laughs> still doing a little bit in that, even though it's for other things now. It's for me. It's for All Abroad, which is my blog. It's for um, To The Crowd. It's for, you know, just for interest rather than for a job. You know, it's really interesting, Diane, because I find that we've all gone through this uh, unofficial script of life where we've gone to school, had a good degree, being trained to get a good degree, to get a good job, and everything's been planned out to go through that rhythm. And then suddenly you've now you're embarking or navigating a territory where there is no path there's no map and you're creating and that's part of the I, I guess for me at the same time was that I'm creating the steps myself and I'm not sure if it's going to work or not and I'm scared because what if I just completely flop and fail and but the point is that and that's part of the journey like that's because even the path that was already predetermined school university work wasn't didn't make me happy anyway so, and like yourself, it's just the navigating the territory of well, where do I best fit in into this whole terrain that I've got? I've just got to find my piece. Would you not agree? Yeah. And I, I think, you know, you, you, your point, we kind of, there are no guarantees in anything we do. So you can go to work, you know, you can have a career, you can um, go to work every day in the same job and there's no guarantee that tomorrow that job's still going to be there. Yeah. Yep. So we... It, we kind of we're conditioned to follow this path of you know this is what society tells you you're you're going to do this is what society looks looks like uh, you know I had somebody uh, last year I was talking to a, a, a husband of a friend of friend of mine and we were discussing you know three-year gap years and you know things like that and she said what would you call that because it's obviously not a gap year and he said irresponsible <laughs> and, so, and I laughed because I think that's beautiful you know kind of but then I think well what's more irresponsible me living my life going to work every day and not enjoying my life yeah. the life that I've been giving or given or me actually making the most of my my life i'm not i'm not on the doll i'm not asking society to support to support me i'm um i'm you know i'm raising money for charity i'm if doing volunteer work i'm kind of think i'm quite a good member of society i'm not you know yeah. and i'm a lot happier with with my family and friends and so surely that's all that's all the positive yeah absolutely but, so just getting back to your questions about there, there are no guarantees. So why, why shouldn't we then live the best life that we that we can live? And I, I felt that I had a good life. It wasn't that I felt like you know mm -hmm. I had a terrible life. I, I didn't. Um, you know, uh, work got difficult in the end there, but I'd always had a had a really good life. We all have challenges. That's life. Mm. But I just felt that you know there was more to life than going to work and coming home and sitting on the couch at night which is what I often often did and um if I can 
carve out a way for myself, carve out a future for myself that involves more of what I love, why not give that a go? Why not try that? And like you say, you just got to navigate the terrain. But um, I did think on my gap here, you know, even if at the end of it, and I still think now, even if at the end of it, I have to find a job and have to go back to work, I've had an amazing time. Mm. I've done things, you know, I've been so fortunate. I've, I've been with the tour hosting, you know, I get to go all around the world. I get to do these amazing things. So Canada, yes, but Peru, Machu Picchu, um, Galapagos Islands, Mexico, mm. Cuba, you know, these amazing parts of the world that I get to go and see and visit and get to take people and see it through their eyes and share this um, amazing wonder that is travel that I just love anyway. Mm. And so if eventually I have to go back to work in a full-time mainstream job, well, that's okay. But I've had this amazing opportunity and done these amazing things in the meantime as well. And I've tried. Yes, that. love that. You don't want to. I I don't want to get to the end and think. You know, as I said, I kept saying I'm gonna. Um, you know, I want to uh, do more travel and I want to write more, and I, that's up to me. Only I can do that. So I didn't want to get to kind of the end of my days, the end of my life, and think, oh, you know, that was my opportunity and I didn't take it. I just I got another job. I went back went back to work and I stayed on the path that seemed. Um, that seemed easiest. Yeah. Wow. And kind of fighting through my own path and trying to find what would make me the happiest I could be. You would be a very interesting conversation during dinner uh, gatherings when everyone else is talking <laughs> about their boss and Monday morning and you'll be like, oh, you know. <laughs> I think that's refreshing. Like, what? <laughs> but that's what's so beautiful about it is because and I was saying before the we started the interview Diane that you're the pin-up girl for inspiration <laughs> you've done something really you've done something that is really it's opened my eyes because I honestly thought gap years and things of such things were only for when you finish school but mm. you've taken it and you've really embraced it and I find that you your story and the fact that you've done this is going to make a lot of people think about because there are people in government jobs. I live in Canberra, so there are people in government jobs who do not like what they do, who are there simply because, well, I'm here and I'm, I'm comfortable. But comfort and complacency is the biggest thing that pulls you away. And your gap you showed you how to come out of that level of comfort. In fact, just to, uh, there's a study by a Switzerland, uh, a Swiss. Uh, scientist who looked at the brain strength of a 25 year old versus a 75 year old and they so thought that they found that zero to 25 you're exploring the world 25 to 50 you now know that a room has four corners you know how to read people so you're not going to make as much effort then from 50 to 75 you're less likely to make much effort because you can you know you pretty much think you know everything mm -hmm. and they found that they took 75 year olds and they taught them a new skill like a new language or they taught them how to drive when they've never driven in their life. And that allowed them to compete with a 25-year-old brain because they now were going and barking on something that they had never done before, just like you. Just so, what, so what you're telling me is I'm going to be so smart. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's hopeful. You already are. You've done what's so scary. You've done something that's so scary, that's so foreign, that's so like left of the middle that has allowed you to see 
parts of yourself and develop personally that no book can give you, no seminar can give that to you. Like you've really gone and taken it on for yourself and wanted to put a mirror in front of yourself, which is really what you've done, to just self-discover who Diane is. Yep. That's just gold. Yep. And no one can take that away from you. No. Love that. Love that. Love that. Thank you so much, Diane, for sharing your beautiful story, for sharing the, the courage it takes, the confidence it takes, and throughout that journey, finding more confidence, inner courage within yourself. I salute you and I thank you for joining us on Unbox Your Gift. Thanks for having me, Rita. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys, and we will catch you on the next episode on Unbox Your Gift. Take care. <laughs> are you going to ask me? So, Diane, you just said to me, people ask you all the time, when are you going to get a real job? What yeah. do you say to that? So I still get that question a lot. I still get people asked me on my gap here and people still ask me, when are you going to go out and get a, get a job? And I say to them now, I, I have a job. It's just that you're envious of my job and so you don't think it's a real job. But, I, you know, it's I do it do a service, I get paid for that service. That is the definition of a job, right? <laughs> Love that. And so when someone says to you, well, then how do I become a host? How do I become, what, what's your response to that? <laughs> you know, a lot of people, it, a lot of people want my job. A lot of people say to me, how do I get into that? How can I do something like, how can I do something like that? And a lot of people aren't suited to this kind of to this kind of work to hosting you know I, I think it does take a particular personality type you've got to be very patient there's a whole lot of things that you don't think about you think you're you know I'm just going on holidays around the world all the time that's not what I'm doing I'm working while I'm while I'm there and it's it's not my holiday it's it's much easier when something goes wrong but you're on a in a gondola in Venice than in a boardroom here yeah. so there is that to it but it, but it is you know I'm I still am working it's not my holiday that that kind of thing so you know sometimes when people say it I I know that they're not suited to this kind of work but then other people you know if I had sat around on the couch mm. and at home uh, on my on my well I did do a bit of this on my gap year I'll be honest there was a bit of solitaire playing but. If, if I just sat around all the time and um, no one would have offered me a job as a, as a tour host. The thing for us that happened was that because I mentioned to you, my husband and I are both so passionate about our travel. We blog about it. We talk about it. We write about it. We uh, travel a lot. We nut things out. We travel on our own. We nut, we nut things out and we travel as often as we can. Because we had put so much of our energy into travel and what we love about travel, when a friend of ours who worked for a travel company needed more tour hosts, their company needed more tour hosts, they came to us because we already had shown this, this passion, had shown that this is what, this, this was, I, I guess, something that we were really interested in and something that we could bring to their, to their clients. So... You know, if you sit around and just hope something's going to come to you, it's probably not. But if you put your energy into something and actually if it's something you're really interested in, really want to do, well, maybe it will happen for you. Maybe somebody will knock on your door and say you'd make a great tour host. Oh, you are a legend. And I'm going to stop it right there. <laughs>